I come up with an acrostic this week. I haven't done that in a while to go with the word adore, adore. And the first word that goes with that acrostic, of course, A, is affection. Will you say that with me tonight, affection? Affection, well, adore means to love and to respect. And I tell you, there's many who adore Jesus Christ, um, and he adores us. But with that, I think about the word affection, and I begin to think about who uh, there's many people that has great affection also for Jesus, but who was some of the first that really showed a great affection towards Jesus? And I thought about the wise men. The wise, um, the wise men were all over it when they showed their affection uh, towards Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture tonight, Matthew 2, 10 through 11. It says, when they saw, that's the wise men, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Now, to me, that's from the get-go, that shows great affection. They knew where that star was going to send them. How the uh, wise men knew about the star, we know that they came from the east. We know that they followed a star uh, as it was, as they looked to the east. And some think that possibly the wise men knew about Jesus, about the prophecies. I mean, there's been hundreds of prophecies about Jesus, the birth of Jesus. And maybe that Daniel, back in the day when he was in Babylon, he brought those, uh, those uh, historic writings back then. And they may have learned from that. It's not anything proven, but somehow they knew about Jesus. And it says this, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, look what they did. They fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That uh, word affection, I, I think, is very, very cool because it comes from this word in the Greek, spleen. Uh, when you have an affection towards someone, it's like you have this great, deep emotion way down in your guts. The Hebrews would, would look at it as this way. It was a seat of tender affections, kindness, benevolence, compassion, henceforth of the heart, a heart in which mercy resides. So this whole word affection, it was birth. It's, it's like I saw a young man come back from college tonight and some people are back and Sierra's here from Arizona. Welcome Sierra. Where's she at? God bless you. She's with our, the church plant there in, in Arizona. But that whole aspect of affection is like having a, some, some way of a, a homesick or uh, a, a deep desire to be with someone or to see someone. Uh, uh, I miss you. A deep moving compassion and affection. I long for a, a deep, tender uh, affection towards someone. I want to encourage you like the wise men did hundreds of years ago, that you set your affection on Jesus this season. Like the wise men did, you pursue him. Like the wise men did, you find him. Like the wise men did, you worship him. You set, I think, to set our affection on someone it's, or uh, an individual like Jesus, I think is a choice that we make. I encourage you to set your affection on Jesus, to long for him, to welcome him, and to love him. And he also says this, it's not just about 
us sharing our affection or setting our affection upon him, we're also to set our affection on one another. Because, you know, he said, paraphrase, how are you going to say you love me if you don't love your brother who you uh, can see? Listen to this scripture, Romans 12, 9 and 10. It says, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. Will you say that with me? Affection, a longing, a gut, deep desire, longing towards Jesus and towards one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. I believe this is a wonderful time. I was thinking about uh, our family celebrates Christmas on New Year's, and I was thinking about, you know, colleges shut down during this time. Families come together during this time. There's gift giving. There's a lot of eating at this time. And you know, when it comes down, when it boils down to it, it's all because of the birth of Jesus. That can get swallowed up and it can get left behind, especially if you're here tonight and you came for the kids, but you really don't believe. I want to let you know that Jesus believes in you and he's real. And this thing tonight was not just a little kitty thing. It wasn't a fantasy. It wasn't no, it was true of what took place. And I encourage you to set your affection on Christ in this season. The next word that's in that, uh, the le next letter in that word is D, devoted. Would you say that with me, devoted? Devoted is, ha is having a strong love and a loyalty for something, and in this case, for someone, a strong love and a loyalty toward someone. I adore my wife, therefore I'm devoted to her. I adore my kids right here on the front row, therefore I'm devoted to them. I adore the church. I'm devoted to the church. And above all of those, I adore Jesus, and I'm devoted to Jesus. The Greek word, Devoted is very unique. I, I want to read the definition. In the Greek, it means to arrange in orderly manner, to put in order, to arrange in a certain order. That's what that word devoted means. This Christmas, I say, arrange your life with Jesus in the highest place. Be devoted to him. Uh, this Christmas, devote your life to Christ. If you're not devoted to him tonight, I encourage you tonight's a great night to get devoted to him because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Arrange in an orderly manner. Put in order. Get your life in order. Even this Christmas season, it can get all whacked out during this Christmas season that we forget what it's all about. I want to let you know what it's all about it's all about Jesus, and it's all about being devoted to Jesus Christ. All the gatherings that we do, it's all about Jesus. Get your life in order by adoring Jesus and getting your, putting him in the right manner, in the right arrangement of your life. I love the song, Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. I like to view him as the center of my life, but also the first place of my life. He's the center 
of my marriage, but he's also number one in my marriage. He's the center of my family, but he's also number one in my family. Will you say that with me, devoted? Arrange your life to put Jesus in the highest place of your life and be devoted to him. I guarantee you when you do that, your life's going to go a lot better. It's going to go a lot better. Oh, offering. Offering. Back to the wise men, Matthew 2.11, it says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men, I think they traveled for a very long time, traveling from the east, following a star. I think they showed great honor in offering their time. Did they have families? I'm not sure. They probably left foreign lands and they traveled across the land following the star as they had either read or through revelation of finding Jesus, but they offered their time as, as if they offered their life. They offered their worship when they came in and they saw Jesus. They fell and they worshiped him. They also offered gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I love the story of a woman in the Bible, uh, one place and it doesn't really say her name, but she comes in and she breaks an alabaster. And it was like this woman, all she probably had or the greatest thing that she had, she came and she broke it and she poured it out. She anointed Jesus. She cried over Jesus. And you know what? Jesus honored her and said, everywhere the gospel is going to be preached, you're going to hear the story of this lady. Well, why? Because she brought an offering. I encourage you to offer the very best to Jesus. Romans 12 tells us to live our life as a living sacrifice, an offering unto Jesus. You know what Jesus ended up doing? Jesus ended up at the end of his 33 and a half years on earth, he ended up being an offering for me and you. Yeah, the, the, the wise men came and they offered and so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, the end of his life on earth, he offered himself for the entire world. Ephesians 5, 2 says this, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, look, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Do you know why Jesus offered himself? Because he loves and he adores you. J.O., I don't even believe in him. Just because you don't believe in someone doesn't mean that he doesn't exist and it's real, it's a fact, and that he doesn't love you. He loves you and he adores you. Therefore, he laid his life down as a sacrifice for the entire world. The Bible says, when I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Why? Because he presented his body as a sacrifice. Our Room, room. Luke 2, 7 says, And she brought forth this firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes. You saw it tonight in the children's program and to some degree. 
and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room. Think about that for a minute. The greatest hero of all time. There was no room. The king, think about all the kings that went before us, hundreds or tens of thousands of kings, and he's the king of all the kings, and there was no room for him. The Lord of all lords, Emmanuel, God with man, and there was no room for him. There was no, there was no room for this only true God, the way, the truth, the life. There was no room for him. I think it's still th- that way today. If a person says, I don't believe, they're, what they're saying is, there's no room here. Or, you know what, I don't have time for you, Jesus. There's, there's no room for you. I encourage you to make room in your heart for Jesus. I encourage you to make room in your schedule for Jesus. I've said this 100 times. I'll say it 101 times. A man values, he does what he values, and he values what he does. A man values what he does, and he does what he values. And I encourage you, church, guest, that you make room for Jesus in your life. E, essence. Essence. I, I love the definition of essence as the intrinsic nature or the indispensable quality of something. I would say of someone because I'm talking about Jesus tonight. So let me re- repeat that. The intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of someone. I was thinking about what exactly is the essence of Jesus. And when it comes down to it, I would have to say at the end of the day, the essence of Jesus is love. Because of everything that he did. He did it out of love. Because, why? Because he adores you. He adores you. Jesus stepped out of heaven because he loves you. I mean, think about it. God didn't have to do that. But in order for you and I to have a relationship with God, something had to take place. So Jesus, kind of like what Craig says, God in a bod, Jesus steps out of heaven, he puts skin on, walks on earth for 33 and a half years, and he never sins. The the essence of all of it is because of love. He lived, he walked on earth never sinning, 33 and a half years, he took on our sin. Now, think about this, he didn't sin, but he chose to take on our sin. Every one of our sins, the sins of the entire world. Well, J.O., I feel shame. I feel guilt. Well, you haven't given your life to him yet because he wants to take all the shame, guilt, condemnation, everything that you've ever done from the littlest sin to the greatest sin, he died for. Every bit of it. He came for that reason. Jesus literally was born to die. And he did that. But what's really also cool about Jesus is that he was also born to rise. Because Jesus, after he took on your sins, my sins, the sins of the entire world, this little baby Jesus, he didn't stay in that little cradle. He grew 33 and a half years 
went hung on a tree. That's a fancy cross. He hung on a tree. Cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. He took on your curse, my curse, our sin, and then he died. Wow, that was a defeat. No. Guess who? what, what we celebrated Easter? He is risen. He is risen indeed. What did he do? He rose from the dead. Why is that so important at Christmas to understand the real mission and the real reason why Jesus walked on earth, why he came? He defeated death and he defeated sin. One day, the person who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? You'll never die. Oh, your, 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 your body will go back to the to dirt. But your spirit man, who you really are, you'll live forever in heaven. And while you're here on earth, for the believer, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says that he gives you life and life more abundantly. I want you to watch this video in closing and then I'm going to ask you, will you make room for him in your heart tonight? You may have come tonight and you go, Joe, I just came to watch these kids. Well, it's a setup. <laughs> God sets up everybody. Because tonight, if you don't know Christ, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to walk out of here knowing Jesus, or you're going to walk out of here the same way that you came. Believe me, God doesn't waste any of this. He set you up tonight to save your life. Watch this video.
I believe that you literally have a divine setup tonight, like I was saying. God desires that none should perish, not one. Jesus so loved the world. God so loved the world that what did he do? He sent his only son. He didn't send the world, uh, his son in the world to condemn the world, but through him they may be saved. My question to you tonight, will you make room for him? Will you adore him? Will you show your affection toward him?